guess. Hello world, huh? <laughs> oh, wow! In your life have you seen anything like that? Fight the candle! What? I thought Poulter was number two in the world. <laughs> um. <laughs> Expect anything different? All possible, Garrett. Yes, it is, Frank. Yes, it is. And how about the rise smile on Tiger's face? What's happening, everybody? And welcome back to episode 50 of the SRP. Just me and Rick today in the intro. We're going to make this a super short one. Hope everyone had a good holiday break. Christmas, this is our New Year's episode, Rick's episode 50. Can you believe it? No, I really can't. It's flying by, but I'm enjoying it. Give her suspended, right? Yeah, for shitty trivia answers and questions. Yeah, he's not allowed to. He's not allowed to do uh, trivia anymore. Unfortunately, that was a that was a tough look, but uh, we managed to get through that, and uh, hopefully, we'll keep on with the trivia going forward. For sure, uh, today's interview is with Mackenzie Hughes. I want to state, Rick knows this too. Mackenzie, from the beginning, he was our second guest, but Mackenzie's done so much for this podcast. He has introduced us to Corey Connors, Joel Damon, Nick Taylor. Taylor Pendrith, who who am I missing? I feel like everyone. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say he's, he's our he's our cornerstone uh, cornerstone Mac Daddy. Um, I've, I've never met him in person, but I can't wait to follow him around the Canadian Open. Hopefully, uh, hopefully the world allows for it going forward. But he's done he's done us uh, huge favors throughout the way, so we do owe him a big thank you. And uh, he got us to episode fifty, and hopefully we can keep bugging him so uh, we can get, keep getting in that inner circle. I know. If there's anyone who's going to do a New Year's episode, episode 50, it's got to be Mac, right? Like there's no one else who can do it. Yeah, we'll let the interview do uh, do the talking, but uh, I do have a few things to get out of the way before. All right. Uh, because w- w- the holiday season's been excellent to me so far. Obviously, it's a little bit different. Um, always good time of the year. I hope uh, I hope our listeners got some of the gift ideas that we uh, previewed on our previous, I think, three podcasts ago or something like that. Um, yeah. I did get a, a couple dozen uh, custom number Pro V1. So someone Ooh. was listening. Uh, they're tight too. Uh, same same as my junior number twenty nine. They look so crisp and clean. That's a good number uh, in golf. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'll probably never be. That's the closest I'll ever be to twenty nine. Uh, <laughs> by a mile uh, but i have to comment on like some of the instagram videos that that people post with their new drivers or new hybrids and like them filming the shot those videos are so funny when they like shank <laughs> one or hit a window or like hit a tree i watched like this uh some guy was like whether it was like snapchat or something like that he's like oh my dad's first swing with the new hybrid and he's like trying to hit it over a fence into the water and just hits this line driver it's a screamer fence. <laughs> oh man they're so funny and then like a guy like tops his drive or something like that and like the comments like oh at least it goes straight and it's like too much <laughs> did you catch any of those oh yeah i'm a big fan of those I, the, the one with the uh the track man to me was the funniest someone buys like the track man toes it and absolutely shatters this track man that made me sad man like oh. but like he it should be beside the ball, right? It doesn't go a slightly ahead of the ball. That guy, that guy no, had a should be. From... You know what? Some of them do go a little bit in front. I think okay, that was like the Mevo yeah. one or whatever. That's not the Mevo. Is it the Mevo? The smaller version. Or it whatever. wasn't the actual Trackman though. I think the yeah. Trackman goes behind. The actual Trackman goes behind. Yeah, the radar ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, but uh yeah that hurt and also i just saw you post a picture of uh the guy putting at the Ryder cup i was a whole adjacent to that when that happened it was like no, the one of the, yeah it was oh, me and the boys you heard the roar 
we were right beside, we were on the next tee off box uh, on the par three there. So that was like, we were wondering because it was practice round, uh, of course. And uh, there's just like, everything was kind of quiet. We're just waiting for groups to go through. And all of a sudden there's like this huge roar. And uh, yeah, I guess uh, we saw the video after that guy knocking in that 10 foot putt. That thing was going like 52 feet by. <laughs> there's always a guy like you tell he he looks like what what do you think his handicap is he looks like an eight to me i think his putting oh, stroke looks pretty good yeah, well, i mean just judging by the putting stroke yeah maybe single digits but uh including those pants um <laughs> that, that was uh what year was that 2016 Ryder cup um yeah. those pants were out of style in t- 2003 um so he's yeah. about two decades behind um save him money he was wearing jeans to the golf course if you go watch golf don't wear jeans it was like I bet you it was like almost 38 degrees Celsius that day. The guy's wearing jeans. Love typical, it. Typical, just like Northern America. Don't you feel American. like every every friend group has that one buddy though, who like is kind of like that, not that great, but if you put him in that moment, he makes that putt. You know what I oh, mean? Yeah. yeah. There's some guys that just like are clutch in the most yeah. obscure ways. And the, and uh, yeah, that guy's obviously a part of that friend group. And obviously he might've been a couple of beers deep too, because he was barking. That's why they kind of brought him down. And then, uh, That's right. and then Rory, I think he, he hit it with Rory's putter. And when he grabbed it initially, I don't think you had the audio in that. The guy's like, oh, do you have anything a little bit longer? Because <laughs> he uses that like 33-inch putter. <laughs> I thought that was unbelievable. So that guy, uh, I mean, I, I think uh, I think he's a bit of a beauty. He just needs, uh, what's that show that used to be on, like, what not to wear or whatever? Where oh, they like, yeah. redo your wardrobe. That guy needs exactly the name of the show. show. Yeah. yeah. Good show. Um, also, I hit the sim for the first time this year. Not like I the driver. It. Sorry, I went to the simulator. Do you want to hear that story after or before the interview? Let's hear it after. Okay, perfect. And I will say this. I messed up on uh, my favorite Ryder Cup 2012 Medina. I uh, I said Thomas Peters instead of Nicholas Colsarts for whatever reason. Did you guys catch that? No, I didn't know. Okay, I'm not a well, big buff like that, so I don't know. Okay, when I went in 2016, it was uh, Peters, of course, that was ripping it up. But Colsarts was the one that, like, went went off and uh dominated as a rookie gotcha love it okay. all right you want to jump into mac let's do it let's do it enjoy today's interview with Mackenzie hughes everyone mr huff mr Jeaner is ready for your interview actually we'll be interviewing as a team we're here to fuck shit up What's happening, everybody? Welcome back to another interview here on the SRP. We are joined for a second time by the OG. You're an OG here, Mac. You're an OG here now on the Sunday Red Pod. Mackenzie Hughes, welcome back, buddy. Good to have you. What's going on, boys? Uh, happy to be back. Let's uh, fire it up for round two. <laughs> Love it. And just so everyone knows, you are the third second-time guest. Every time we have a second-time guest on, Colin calls you the inaugural second-time guest, but you are the third. Penny hopped on second time before and so did Maddie. Uh, but first, before we get into anything, big congrats uh, to you, Mac, on birth of your, uh, another boy. Uh, so, yeah, I think, uh, oh, that is clean. You can't. You you must have done something right, buddy. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's uh, there's a few tricks that I can show you, Gibber, but um, <laughs> well, you're not flexible enough. <laughs> it's, it's, it's expensive, yeah. You, you know, the the hip mobility that we have as golfers uh, comes in handy. Oh, uh, all right, golf play. 
Uh, so, so a, lot, a lot has changed. Uh, obviously, we'll start with the family stuff first. Everyone I talk to that has their second, they're like, whoever says, like, once you have the first, it's like half the work on the second. I heard that's a complete lie. Uh, how busy have you been and what's the sleep schedule currently like after coming back from the QB? So the sleep schedule is much better at the QB. Um, <laughs> than right now, you know, with my lack of ability to breastfeed, it's uh, not too bad. Um, I'm able to sleep a little bit. Yeah, but we do we do have our uh, baby in our room with us at the time at the, at the current time, so um, that makes things a bit tricky. But sleeping okay. My wife's uh, been a big trooper uh, through all this, which they all are. But uh, we're we're getting by. A lot of coffee and uh, you know, power power through it. So so from what I've learned too, whether or not our sleep is average at best, poor, anything. You don't say a fucking word. Nothing. No, not not not, not a single word. Because we can't no. do anything. Uh, we're there. No, I'm, actually, I'm actually hoping that you guys delete this uh, part of the uh, interview because uh, here's this. It's not not going to go over well. But uh, yeah, my sleep is a non-issue. Um, her sleep definitely affected. How's the real OG Kendrick doing? Has he picked up a club yet or anything like that? Is he following along Dad's footsteps? He. Uh, he does like playing, but I definitely don't. Uh, I don't push it on him. I don't uh, try and put a club in his hand or anything like that. Uh, if he wants to do it, I'll let him do it. If he wants to, you know, beat people up and do UFC, you know, I'll I'll, uh, I'll consider it. But uh, uh, I just uh, at this point, he's still pretty young. I have no, uh, you know, real agenda for him. But uh, he's been a great, great big brother so far for uh, our youngest and. Kind of likes helping out and kind of showing him that he's, uh, you know, the big man on campus. You know, <laughs> I, I've been here before. I know I know what to do. So, you know, just follow me, buddy. I'll, uh, I'll show you a thing or two. That's awesome. Show you the ropes. <laughs> uh, yeah. So as much as that's changed in your personal life, uh, we, we also like to talk about a little bit of golf as well. So since last time we spoke, uh, things have pretty much done uh, not a complete 180, but like like a 140. Let's say you had uh, some ultimate success. You gave something to the boys to cheer about, especially late in the season. Uh, maybe talk about your 2020 year after the 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 break, and then uh, and what changed maybe in the last couple of weeks that you really started finding something. Yeah, it was uh, yeah, it was a great year. I felt like you know going into the COVID break, I had some momentum that got. I would say squashed. Um, now, you know, there was a, there was a lot of positives for myself and our family just spending time at home and uh, being able to, to do that. Uh, so we were we were blessed by that. But um, yeah, when I got back, I um, yeah, I kind of found a new gear. Um, was able to kind of keep some of that momentum going from the Honda and. Yeah, as the, as the finishes piled up and I kind of gained confidence there, it just uh, I just kind of felt like I was rolling and uh, playing with house money. And um, towards the end of the year there, you know, it would have been a great year, but to cap it off by um, making it all the way through the playoffs and making it to East Lake, that was uh, a real bonus and uh, something I definitely had my, my eyes set on. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, yeah, to get there and, and to – Finished 14th in the FedEx Cup, um, kind of proves to myself that I can hang with the big boys. And um, if I hadn't started 10 shots behind, maybe I would have uh, given it a run. <laughs> no doubt. And I think, uh, you know, as we were watching it as fans, we were watching you, I think that the most memorable moment of the whole thing is your putt. 
And uh, can you maybe just walk us through, like maybe you're walking up to the green or you're stepping over that putt, like what's going through your thought process? Obviously, you knew. Definitely knew the situation and coming down the last few holes. I mean, I, I had an outside chance to win that tournament uh, the last like six holes. And those guys kind of pulled away at the end. And I was like five back with like five to go. And, you know, it became pretty clear that my main objective was to was to make East Lake and Always in the back of my mind all day, and I get to 16, and I make make a really good up and down behind the green there. So again, I feel like I have a bit of wiggle room, and I'm like, all right, I need to par the last two holes, and I feel like I'm I'm kind of comfortably in. So I bogey 17, stand. Um, <laughs> but you pound the drive on 18. Yeah. So then I get on 18 T, and I ask my caddy, "Hey, do we need par here?" And he's like, "Yes." And I said, does bogey work? And he's like, no. I'm like, okay. That's good. <laughs> and um, so obviously the drive was, was awesome. Uh, couldn't have been in a better spot. And then, uh, you know, kind of fell asleep a little bit on the wedge. Um, you know, it was one of those pins that, you know, if you were playing in a tournament, regardless of the, of the situation, you would have wanted to miss that flag to the right, if anything. Um if I had pulled it to like 40 feet left of the flag there, I actually might have argued that it would have been harder to two-putt from over there than it would have been to get up and down from the bunker. Um, now, saying that, I was hoping to hit it to like 10 feet and be able to lag it up there and tap in. Yeah. Uh, so now I'm walking up there and I'm in the bunker and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, you know, you're making this so hard on yourself. Like, you just pumped the drive, did the hard part, and now – you know, you're scrambling again to try and get to East Lake and um, hit the bunker shot. And, you know, it was a pretty good shot. But, you know, again, until that ball goes in the hole, I'm I'm still, you know, sweating bullets and thinking, man, like, I, I just wanted it so bad. And so I'm over that putt. And obviously leading up to it, I've thought, you know, a little bit about what it means and, you know, all of what this whole week has come down to in this one last putt from five feet and, I got over the putt and I really tried to remind myself of just a couple small things I can control over the putt. And I said, all right, let's just, let's just do these couple things like you've been doing all day. Um, if you do those things, you can be proud of the, you know, the putt you hit and uh, thankfully it went in and uh, you know, obviously a lot of emotion and just relief came out of me at the time, but uh, yeah, super cool moment. It's nothing I can draw back on uh, for a long time. And, you know, just, it, it, feel, it felt really good to be part of, you know, just 30 guys that, you know, end up making it to that last tournament. Uh, I think it's one of the harder feats that you can accomplish on the PGA Tour, um, you know, right up there with winning, it, winning a golf tournament. So, um, yeah, really cool moments and something that, uh, yeah, I'll remember for a long time. Uh, what's the vibe like at East Lake? Like when you're walking along the range, there's 30 guys. Obviously, you guys are teeing off like – all within the same window. So you're essentially with the whole field when you're warming up. Uh, is everyone happy that they're just that much, uh, that much more in the bank account? Is everyone like, Oh, our status is all okay for 21, let's say, or 21, 22. Um, what's, what's it like there? And what's the golf course like even? So, I mean, for me, uh, you know, I'm walking around like a kid in the candy store, you know, just, it's just cool to be part of that, that group to be there um, at a tournament you've watched on TV, you know what it means uh, for your career. Well, I'd say for, you know, most of the guys there, 
you know, being there was like a routine thing, you know, like you're looking at the Dustin Johnsons, the John Roms, and those guys, like, you know, they don't think of that week, like, Oh man, this is great for my career. And I can't believe I made, you know, to East Lake and all this stuff. Like they've been there the last, you know, 10 years. So they're like, well, this is just kind of what I do. Um, and hopefully in five, six years, I can see that. That's, that's me. what I, I do. Yeah. It's like no big deal. And, uh, so, you know, the vibe there is, is pretty chill. Um, like you said, only 30 guys. So you see them, you know, a lot, a lot, you know, they're around the same times, uh, you know, when you're, when you're teeing off and, but like practice rounds are kind of unusual because like, you know, 30 guys on the golf course and, you know, you can spread out and you think, Oh, it's going to be like great. I can just kind of take my time and do whatever I want. But like every day I played, it was like, I played when everyone else played. Like it was like, everyone had this like memo to play between like nine, 11. So you go out in the golf course and you're like, how is there four groups in a row? And there's 30 guys, there's 30 guys out here playing in this tournament and there's four groups in a row back to back to back to back. I can't get any air out here. I'm like, what the heck's going on? And I'm like, it's like a regular, I mean, at a PGA tour event, you just can't have a practice round where it's like just peace and quiet and just no one out there. It's just, there's always, even with 30 guys, nothing changed there. Um, but, um, no, it's a really cool place. The golf course is, um, right in front of you, pretty straightforward, and to test some really good golf holes. I mean, the seventh, I guess the eighth hole now, uh, par four along the water there, uh, is a great hole. Um, the 15th hole, par three over water. Yeah. I mean, one of the most underrated hard holes I've ever played. Like, you don't want to talk about it. It's like, oh, yeah, it's 225 over water. And it's like, no, I'm like, oh, sick. People are sweating about like, the 17th at Sawgrass. And I'm like, I'm hitting a five iron slash four iron in this hole every day. And there's just no nowhere to bail out. I mean, it's just like you hit the green or you have like four yards of rough and that's it. And um, so uh, some really good golf holes there and, and just a really, a really cool place to be. Obviously just again, knowing the history there, how many guys have, uh, you know, played there and won. And it's kind of, I mean, it's not Augusta like, but you know, when you go to a place all the time, it has that feeling of, you know, something a bit more special, just like it's, it's the same venue all the time. Um, so it was just kind of cool that, you know, they've been going there for a long time and then just to be a part of that. And that that's the first time you've ever been to East Lake? Yeah, you didn't play it uh, like as an amateur or anything like that? No, uh, maybe on PGA Tour Golf uh, on nice. like, you know, Xbox, but uh, no, not, not in real life. How'd you do? How'd you do an Xbox? <laughs> I crushed it. I mean, ripped yeah. it up. Yeah. yeah. His putting stats weren't quite as good as real life, but <laughs> no, I'll try yeah. I don't play well in the game I was doing real life. Um what, what I want to ask Mac was, you know, you're going through the playoffs. You know, how much is it different when you're in the playoffs? Obviously every time you tip it up, you're trying to win a golf tournament, but you're also watching every event, like that bubble number, right? And you know, obviously that putt on at the BMW to get into East Lake. How much does that play a factor in as you're playing through these uh, playoff events? Yeah, it's a huge factor. Obviously, you know, you think about it and you, and you know what's at stake and how many guys advance. I think what changed for me this year was, you know, my confidence going into the playoffs was obviously pretty high. And I thought, you know, I know I need to have high finishes to make East League, but I'm like, if I just try and win these tournaments, you know, it, it might work itself out just like that. You know, not trying to finish top 10, just trying to, you know, compete and win tournaments. And, um, had an outside chance at the Northern Trust. Um, obviously, Dustin Johnson 
runaway freight train last uh, couple of days there. Um, and then obviously a good chance at BMW as well. So by just trying to get myself in position to win tournaments, compete, uh, not think about the bubble too much, kind of took my mind off of, you know, the other part of it. You know, it was just like, all right, let's compete and try and win a tournament. And uh, the consolation hopefully will be that uh, one of those top 30 guys. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of funny because they give you those boards all around the course and they'll say, you know, Mackenzie Hughes projected 28th. But, like, you don't know, like, with a birdie what you're projected or with a bogey what you're projected. So you just kind of know where you're currently at. But, like, you know, on 17 at BMW, I made a bogey, and I was still in the 28th spot after the bogey. So I was kind of like, like, do I have, like, some wheel room there? Do I have no wheel room? I I wasn't sure. So there's a bit of, uh, you know, uncertainty about that. look, Look at the board, but... Um, yeah, you're, you're definitely thinking about it and, uh, yeah, it plays a huge factor and then knowing, you know, what it comes with, um, you know, definitely sweetens that pot. How, uh, how weird was it playing with no fans? I mean, from like our perspective, we look at it and it's like definitely different. Um, but kind of when you're on the grounds there and you guys are used to a whole bunch of people and crowds coming up ATT, uh, what was that like? Well, I mean, to be honest, my galleries remain the same. So uh, it wasn't, it wasn't <laughs> you're under you're underselling yourself. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, my wife uh, was, um, you know, basically the only person that I ever walked me to be with. So I, I, I was missing one out there. But um, no, it, honestly, it's not that big a deal once you get going and you and you're playing. Um, I, I miss it. I miss the excitement. I miss the buzz. Um, hitting a great shot and having that, um, that reaction from the, from the crowd that makes it fun. Um, love having kids out there, love being able to toss a ball or glove, um, you know, after a round to make someone's day, but you know, once you're in it and you're competing, the nerves were no different for me. Like I still knew, you know, big points were at stake, big money was at stake. I mean, these tournaments were happening, whether there was fans or not. So, you know, the faster you got through your mind that, you know, this is still the PGA Tour and it's still, you know, high-level golf. There's just no one there to cheer for you when you uh, when you pull off a great shot. But, um, yeah, stakes are still really high. And um, as much as we miss the fans, um, you know, the show, the show went on. But um, hopefully next year, um, kind of by spring, we start to roll some fans back. And I know, I know Florida is a bit ahead of the curve as far as, uh, you know, pushing the envelope for uh, – oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> Well, I won't go ahead and call them innovators, but they're, uh, they're definitely ahead of the time. So, um, trailblazers, <laughs> trailblazers, yeah, yeah. Or, or blazers maybe. Um, but uh, yeah, so we'll see. It's going to be a lot of fun uh, when they come back, and we had a small taste of that at Houston, and that was uh, a lot of fun to have some, some galleries and some buzz down the stretch there. So, um, yeah, but it's, it's definitely there's definitely a void uh, without those fans. Well, when, when they do come back, we're going to be there. Uh, shirts off, tarps off. I'll have the M. Jack will have the A. Kari will have the C. And we'll be following you around. We'll just start getting galleries to you. That, that, that's bull giving Ricks the C. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> that C will look like block letters. It'll be chiseled out. <laughs> so so speaking with no fans, though, Mac, uh, how many times did you catch yourself picking the ball out of the hole and giving a little wave? You know what? I... I can't say I I did that very often, um, but one thing that was kind of interesting was that we would play tournaments 
say, you know, you know, Harbor Town, for example, right? And that that golf course is just right between the houses. I mean, just cut right through the middle of the, the subdivision. And it's like you're walking down a fairway and you could just like talk to a guy that's 30 feet away in his backyard. And so there was a lot of people that would be like watching tournaments from their backyards. And I would say we had like some pretty decent galleries that would just be like have a watch party in the backyard and they bring like 30 people over and maybe buy a green and you make a putt and you hear this clapping and you're like, that's kind of normal, you know, and they're way over there in the bushes kind of trying to, you know, peek through and see stuff. And you're like, Hey, thanks man. Like I can't really see you, but I hear you clapping. And so it was, uh, it was kind of cool to have that, that going on. But um, yeah, very, I say very, uh, very rare for me to be waving to nobody, but uh, sometimes we did have uh, some rogue fans out there uh, in your backyard. I, I think at East Lake there's a couple greens with uh, like they have like the fences with like the green dough, like whatever that is, the canvas. And I yeah. saw people like yeah. you'd hear cheering randomly throughout the course. Yeah. So, so yeah, at, the P- at the PGA Championship, um, the back the back nine, there was a couple holes that kind of ran along the road, and they had the fence up, but they tarped it like a blue tarp. Well, people have like cut their own holes in the tarp. Oh my God. So like all, all on the fence, you could like see people that have like you know poking their head in and um, a like couple a million of glory holes. <laughs> yeah, a million <laughs> glory holes. So golf fans call them when you get to watch. They, um, and I remember I gave a a kid um, a ball through the fence, and you know that was like you know somewhat of a, a normal moment that we uh, that we had, but. Uh, yeah, it's it's definitely bizarre feeling like they were, you know, caged up and shackled outside, and we we're just, you know, inside having this tournament, and they're just like, "Help, let me in!" And I'm like, "Oh, I would, but you know, there's there's laws and and uh, all these regulations that are going on." But um, yeah, so hopefully uh, they're back soon. Awesome. Mm-hmm. After the glory hole comment, uh, sticking a ball through one of the yeah. holes. Really <laughs> cool. yeah. I was, I was yeah, just gonna let you roll with that. We're getting off the rails. Now. Yeah, speaking of the perks that come with East Lake, you mentioned like Harding Park, but PGA. How uh, how early do you start prepping to going back to Augusta National? I've definitely thought about it a little bit. I'd like to get out there a few times before I go back in April, but I'm not sure exactly how that looks right now with everything going on. But uh, I didn't I didn't try and force anything uh, post Masters. I knew they would be uh, a little bit busy and slammed probably with. Uh, their own members and and just uh, course maintenance and whatnot. So I didn't uh, didn't push it this fall, but uh, in the spring, uh, in between tournaments, I'll try and get out there a little bit. And but really, I just uh, kind of hoping for a normal week out there, a normal week in terms of kind of nice weather, no big rain delays and and washouts. I had a kind of a weird experience my first year there. I Monday was kind of a, a rain out in the afternoon when we got there. Tuesday was a nice day, uh, you know, great practice round. And then Wednesday, the par three tournament was like a tornado warning in Augusta that day. So uh, I'm not sure why, but they decided to cancel the par three. I thought we could have played, but. Um, Something you wanted to do. I don't think the heavy stuff's going to come down for quite yeah. a while now. Fair <laughs> weather golfers, man, I'll tell you. I was like, not even that bad. I'm only blowing like one to five. Um, so anyways, uh it was just a weird experience. And then the next day, so it went from like 85 on Tuesday in a practice round to a high of 55 on Thursday and Friday, blowing like 20 to 30. So I was like, sick. I definitely prepared for this. Um, 
it's gonna be awesome. And the first hole, I hit driver four and into that. Just wow, the hardest screen on the golf course, probably. And I'm hitting driver four and into it, and I'm just like, "All right, here we go. Let's uh, buckle up." And um, Augusta National definitely ate my lunch uh, those two days. And so, just yeah, looking forward to getting back, having a you know a good week, obviously, but just. Uh, yeah, hopefully some some better weather. Uh, hopefully some fans and and uh, yeah. So just speaking of getting out there beforehand, what's that process like? Who do you call like to book a tee time in Augusta? Say, hey, this is Matt Hughes. You just calling the pro shop. I'm coming to play at one thirty. You know, it sounds a bit simple when you say it like that, but yes, that's really. <laughs> So what you're saying is is me calling Ricks. We could call get a, get a you know force them out there about three o'clock on you know yeah, April tenth. Number <laughs> Twilight rate, so I think it's pretty reasonable. <laughs> um, but no, we'll, we'll, uh, get, we'll get put on your member number yeah. there. Oh yeah, yeah. Still on top, boys. <laughs> um, Absolutely. But they have a you know obviously a system of knowing you know uh, who's in the field and who's qualified to come play and practice and all that stuff. So. Yeah, it was basically just like you, you set it up through the pro shop. Uh, either have your agent do it or you do it yourself. Um, but, you know, it was funny. I I pulled up to the gate the first time, and I was like, I kind of drove past it thinking, like, oh, that's not the right gate because there was, like, these big pillars in front of the, the gate that down the kind of Garden Magnolia Lane. And so I was like, oh, I can't, can't get in there. There's these big, like, pillars. And then I, like, drove down a little further. And I'm like, there's nowhere, nowhere to get in. This must be the entrance. And so I, I came back around and I pulled in and, you know, they have my name on a little sheet there and they're, they're expecting you to come. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden they got your name. They're like, okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Mr. Hughes, you know, you head on down there. And, and then these giant, there's like these like four foot pillars that blocked the road and they, they just like go into the ground. <laughs> and that's it. Um, still badass. And, <laughs> So then we just, you know, you drive down and you're like, I don't know where to go. I don't know if you my hands. Um, <laughs> just and, put them by yeah. your side. <laughs> you just kind of, yeah, it doesn't feel real um, the first time. And so I'm looking forward to making that drive again and, um, yeah, trying to figure that place out. Awesome. Uh, How's their turn dog? They have the sandwiches. You know, uh, did not have a turn dog, but they do have. Um, God, what's it called? Um, the the pimento sandwiches, yeah. Pimento sandwiches. I'm talking about. They have like a drink, and it's called. Um, oh, they just do like a. It's called a transfusion. Oh yeah. With, uh, I think it's just grape juice and ginger ale. But my God, I was like my first time having one of those, and <laughs> and it's a game changer. It's just so good. And you know, they serve it to you in a nice like master's cup, and you're just like, all right, oh, this is classy. Cool. It could be like it could have been like. Apple juice, and I was like, oh, the best apple juice I've ever had in my life. But, um, yeah, it's pretty cool. And just you go in the clubhouse after and you have a bite to eat. And, you know, I'm like, oh, do you have a menu? I'm like, no, you know, what, what do you want? And I'm just like, uh, my mind's know, not like, that creative. I need to look at something. Tell me whatever you want. We'll make it. I'm like, that's great. Yeah. Cool. Like, Chicken fingers and French fries. Yeah. We'll keep it simple. All right, boys. Well, you got tablets. Yes. So, uh, it's a really cool place. Um, and whenever I've gone there, I've just done like, I do two rounds. I, I go there, play in the afternoon, stay the night, 
and tee off the next morning and play again. Right. And then I'll head out. But uh, the two times I went there, um, on the second day, I teed off early. I was the first off um, both times I went out uh, the second day. So it's kind of cool to be out there. Um, place is so serene and peaceful. And so you get on that back nine and you're the first group out. Um, it's it's unbelievable. Uh, it's It might even be a cooler experience than the actual tournament is just in that place kind of private to yourself um, without all the hoopla going on around it. But yeah. So uh, yeah, again, looking forward to getting back there and, and uh, seeing if we can uh, do a little better. Did, did you learn anything from like, did you watch it all? Like, did you learn anything about the course, even though it was in November? You know, that didn't teach me a whole lot because I felt like the golf course played so different then than uh, what I remember. And you know, guys hitting like five woods and three woods in the 15 that were plugging. Yeah. Um, that's what I remember. I actually remember that that hole not being even remotely reachable because um, it was 55 and it was blown 20 and it was in, into our face like every day. Yeah. Or the, the, the twice I played it, Thursday, Friday. And uh, so, yeah, I remember hitting like driver, four iron, layup and like a pitching wedge. Or yeah. Like a, you know, so you're like you were like busting a forearm down there to lay up and then hitting a wedge on and so just a lot different and honestly i don't even know if what i did there the first year is going to help me a lot either because i played it under such unusual conditions that first yeah. year so um maybe i'll just start fresh in uh 21 kind of wipe the plate clean, uh, pretend nothing ever happened and uh just go play my first master yeah i just prep for that back nine at augusta with like a, just a nice that setting sun uh no wind when it dies down for kind of the leaders on the back nine there that's the way you want to play 75 you're in a t-shirt you're feeling good yeah. maybe you're wearing red or you're the guy you're playing with's wearing red and come down the red there you go that'd be, that'd be all right i'd be nice he's not drinking any water he's dehydrated as hell yeah i'm like what are you doing drink man <laughs> i don't want him to keel over <laughs> Have you put any thought into your Sunday outfit? What's going to go good with a green jacket? Um, you know what? I think any color would work. Um, and I, I, even if I clash, I'd be okay with yeah. it. You know, um, if I have to clash, I'll clash. So um, I haven't put a lot of thought into that, but uh, I think my right arm is just a little bit longer than my left. <laughs> I believe that's Mr. Gilmore's. Uh, let's get into what's your handicap. I think we have one each here. I call we can muster one out. Perfect. Let's, oh, yeah. let's let her roll here. What is your handicap? All right, Mac, welcome back to What's Your Handicap. You know the drill here. You know what this is about. We're going to go round table, put you on the spot after. Gibber, lead her off, big guy. All right, so we're going first one here, Mac. Uh, you're out for a casual round, uh, say, with one of your buddies from back home. And you look in his bag. He's got two 56-degree wedges. And you look at him, you know, hey, man, why you got two 56s in there? And he goes, oh, why use that one only from the sand? And that one, that one's my chipper. Ooh. Oh, That's- does he say the word chipper? Oh, yeah. Because okay, okay. that's an automatic 20 plus. Uh, if you have a chipper, you're, you're no good around the greens. Uh, 
next to useless. Um, so I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go twenty plus. He's, um, you know, certain golf lingo just throws you. I mean, if you like shot a birdie, uh, instant twenty plus. Yeah. Um, is there a multiple multiplication factor that there is two fifty six degree wedges in the bag though? Mm, no, I, I think I'm just gonna go straight twenty plus. I'm not gonna oversimplify it. I think he really gave it away for me with the chipper comment. All right, and, um, and he did. <laughs> He's just a bit out to lunch. He doesn't quite know. Um, thinks he has a handle on it, but um, the two wedges is just not helping him at all. He's uh, he's totally hopeless. And Mac, if you're ever your home course, do you uh, like if you're practicing bunker play that day? Do you use like a backup wedge so you don't uh, mess up the gamer? Just curious. I actually, I actually won't. I'll use the my gamer. Um, I actually find that if I have a new wedge and I put it in play, I actually want to wear it down a little bit. Um, I don't want those grooves to be like sharp sharp right like it's just because i create a lot of spin already and so i'm always trying to kind of reduce that spin so there's a very select few tournaments where we need a lot of spin so you're playing a u.s open under really firm conditions or like memorial this year was really firm there's certain events where you know that is required to have that really fresh uh new wedge but for the most part it's not firm enough where i want a brand brand new wedge so i'm actually going to use it when i practice and try and wear it down a bit that G- dj sings full of shit man oh yeah he's <laughs> well, yeah, that the rocky mountains would be a little rockier than this uh although oh he to be fair to him he probably hit the boat 750 more balls a day than i do so he, he might wear his wedge completely bare like there could be more bruise left by the time he's done hitting balls so <laughs> new wedges i don't hit enough balls to do that i'm uh i'm more of a go play golf kind of guy so um he might be on something there gotcha it just depends on the practice routine all right mine's uh yeah. brings their own clubs to top golf it's a tough look it's a tough look but this guy is into it he's very keen on the game loves it uh lives it breathes it sleeps the game He's, I think he's a, he's an eight or less. Okay. But Might lead the order of merit on the corn Ferry tour right now. <laughs> what? what, what? <laughs> Pendy admitted to this. Pendy, Pendy angling. I yeah. Believe. yeah. They brought their own clubs. Tour bags. They were probably, they probably oh, need their security yeah. guard to bat the chicks off them there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give them both a bunch of cocktails. Yeah, that's a, that's a weird move. Um, yeah, I've gone there a few times, and again, I'm not there to like work on my game. Um, so if I have to hit a top flight three wood, that that's okay. Um, well, so, you used one at the U.S. Uh, Open too. Yeah, actually, it was a it was a twelve oh, wood that I used. So, so um, but to your point, I guess this guy is a corn fairy tour winner and a PJ tour member. Um, I stand corrected. Uh, he's not an eight, but uh, that <laughs> to me that these guys, uh, do that. Um, so I'll have to bring it up with the boys when I see him next. That's, um, unusual behavior. <laughs> That's awesome. That's cool. I might have to go two here. Cause mine was, uh, you take a look in the guy's bag and he's carrying a nine wood. You know, this guy doesn't like hitting long irons. So he's a player. Um, likes to bring that ball in really high and soft. Um, I think he's I think he's pretty good. I think he's 
Potentially a PGA Tour winner. Um, Sexy as hell. Might might make the Tour Championship on the occasion, occasional year. Um, but I'm not sure. I'm not totally sure on that. I, you know, I'm a little rusty on on my uh, what's your handicap, but I think he's I think he's all right. So I, the second one I had. Um, so you're you're playing with Buddy, uh, and you're over at the cart, and he goes, "Hey, Mac, can you bring me my flop wedge?" Oh, that's that's worse than chipper. Yeah. Again, with the terminology, you just right off the bat, you just yeah, he's a I mean, I may give him the benefit of the doubt uh and say fifteen plus, but he's just it's probably a twenty, twenty-five handicap. Um, someone fairly new to the game, doesn't quite know it, and uh is struggling. <laughs> Not, 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 uh, not breaking 95, I don't think. You know, some companies put like the A on their wedge for like their gap wedge, like the one after pitching wedge. It bothers me when guys like say, Oh, I use my A wedge as well or my approach wedge. Like, what? When they, when they, it, it doesn't bother me as much when they say the A wedge. If they say approach wedge, I'm just like, You approach all the greens with your wedges. So you got an approach wedge. Like, you have an approach seven iron and approach four iron. Yeah, I was just going to say that. I mean, even your driver is approaching the green at some point. I mean, it's just like, uh, I, I, yeah, I'm with you there, Rick. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't buy into the approach approach wedge uh, terminology. That's great. Oh, I love it. All right, Mac, you're on the spot here. You got to come up with a new one for us. I don't, I don't yeah, know if you know the ones that we that are our caveats you can't use. I don't know if you know those ones yet. I don't know if I know those right. ones yet. Okay, ball retriever, iron head covers, towel in the back pocket, and that was it. Yeah. Well, we think we pretty established towel in the back pocket as a major champion move. Yeah, we, we did establish yeah, that. Did. I'm pretty sure we saw Clymer on the U.S. Open range with the towel in the back pocket. That was a pocket. big towel, too. That wasn't just a little towel. That thing was That's dangling. Like a beach I happen, to, yeah. I happen to love Clymer, too. He's hard not to cheer for. And that was like, I, I have, I have, I'm, only good experiences with him, but uh, again, tough, tough look. But. You didn't think of just going up to him and just giving him a little yank and say, You don't do that on the PGA ah, Tour. But he be clipped on there. I mean, <laughs> even, even I saw I saw Webb the other day, actually, I think it was the same tournament I saw him, and uh, yeah, the brush on the on the belt loop there, you know, that's, uh, top 10 player in the world, I guess. That's that's who uses that uh, that move right there, but uh, I might start using it myself. <laughs> what's your handicap? Um, okay, this guy says to me during the round, Hey, if you can just give me that, like, that one thing that kind of fixes my game, I'd be totally open to hearing it. <laughs> I love that. I, said, uh, I mean, if I could find that one thing and tell you, and you get a lot better, I'd be, I'd, I wouldn't even be here, I don't think. Um, I'd be like Robert Rock for the PGA Tour. Point blank in the middle of rounds. Like, if you see any of my spin, like that one thing that'll make me a lot better, like, you can tell me. I'm like, okay. If I see it, I'll definitely tell you. But like, I see like ten thousand things that are going on right now, and uh, if, I, if I had to pinpoint one, it'd be really tough. So, oh, what's that guy's handicap? I'll go single digits. I'll be the first one to say it. He he trusts his game enough, and I think he has confidence that he's just one swing thought away from really breaking through. And that's that's the guy for sure. Wow. I don't think it's any other way. Ooh, I I'm going so far and away different from that's you okay. there, Rick. This this guy's asking Mac for the one thing. He's saying, you know, give me one thing to make pretty much make me as good as you are. What what do you do? What's that one He's thing never that you do? Why, like you, Mac. why you, he might hit it like him? So I'm I'm saying this guy. 
He's an 18 plus. He's and he's never broke 90 okay. ever. Simo, I'm going to go in the middle, even though I'm like slightly more inclined to to go Ricks. Actually, so I'm thinking he's a 13. He can kind of get it around, um, but is super nervous playing with you. Has maybe that one miss that just gets him to that 13. Like he always makes that triple or quad. So I'm assuming he's the 13. What was, uh, what was your guess? Uh, I said single digits. This guy, I would say, falls somewhere in the middle of you two between single digits and that 13 in that range. He's probably with 13, but plays a big like, like practice things look fine. And then he just like swoops it way inside and then just like way over the top. And there's like a huge banana. Oh, um, yeah, that's, that's not it. But like, he hits the same shot every time. So he's like somewhat reliable there and puts it nicely. Like he actually does put it pretty good. So he's kind of a sneaky good player, but he's like, yeah, I've said one thing in my swing. You can let me know. I'm like, can we just tear it down and start over? Like, can you just have you ever tried left handed? <laughs> I, I just want to just take in a video of a Mac and been like, you tell me what oh, you no. see here. <laughs> I don't think he was to see that. He's like, I just want to hit a draw consistently. Like it's one of those Matthew Wolf scenarios where like I don't think you fully understand how weird it looks. Like to you it feels kind of normal. So it's one of those situations where like I don't think he fully comprehended how much over the top he was. Like just absurdly over the top. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So uh, I don't know for sure what handicap was, but um We'll say 11. Definitely, definitely higher than the guy that went to top golf with his own clubs. Or two. All, right. <laughs> All right. And then correct me if I'm wrong, boys. Mac wasn't uh, on the pod when we had the, the third uh, third part of the watch. Oh, he was in. new. Yeah, you're right. You added this later. But... Mac Mac was the OG. So, Mac, I don't know if you've, you've listened anymore since uh, since you're on um, big time with us. I'll do a handful of them. I'll listen to my boys. Uh, see if they talk trash about me on there. All right. So, so you, you, you've heard a bit of the judge in the book by its cover where you got to you gotta look at us and judge our handicaps. Okay. Let's, let's, hear, let's hear it for, your, for you. Just looking at us, you got to give us a handicap and kind of tell us where our miss is and what we do wrong. <clears throat> okay. Well, I've, I've, uh, I've seen some footage of you guys playing. So I have an idea. I'm going to put all that aside and try and just go based on appearance and looks. I like that. It gives me a fighting chance. (laughs) I don't know today, Rex. You might be in trouble. (laughs) I'm going to start with Giver. Um, Feel like he'd be like a, you know, a kind of a powder puff off the tee. Um, You know, be pretty, like, you know, just kind of down the middle, kind of dinking it down there. Um, you know, scrape up around the greens kind of guy, uh, make a lot of pars, uh, nothing too fancy. Um, but yeah, he'd be, he'd be a reliable, pretty steady player, uh, nothing flashy, but I'm going to say his handicaps, uh, you know, a five. All right. All right. That gives um, us a little bit of love. You know what I mean? Like, okay. It keeps us in the single digits. It's nice. Yeah. You know, you know, I have, uh, some experience with, no, he's a player. Um, but again, wiping the slate clean, going by looks. I'm going to say Simo is a a two handicap who uh, can get get streaky hot, plays plays pretty good, but might be undone by uh, you know a bad hole here or there, might might wreck his ground. Um, could also be a hothead, could like you know break a few clubs. Oh. Uh, 
I'm, I'm sensing a little bit of anger in the beard. Um, yeah, we'll fire him. And then Rixie, um, Rixie's going to be the highest handicap of the bunch, but well, he can send it. But he's going to be he's going to send it. So Rixie's uh, like a, a seven or an eight. Uh, can can be can be streaky good, uh, but again had some big numbers and some stretches of holes that he just can't get it back on the on the tracks. So, um, and he also uses iron covers. Uh, oh, so. <laughs> oh, that hurts. Okay, I'm just kidding. You're not you're not that. Bad. Um, oh, he's a he's a he's a, uh, a pretty solid player, uh, seven or eight, and uh, yeah, smoke off the tee. Around the greens, not as reliable, but uh, long game's pretty good. That wasn't that wasn't too bad considering you have like a you had some sort of a benchmark, but I like the the looks breakdown better, and it we obviously look like how we play because it's not that far off. Uh, so let's get let's get the actual. I need I don't even know. Let's, let's you had the order correct. Uh, Gibber's right around scratch. I don't know who he plays to. He's probably zero. Simo uh, gets him a little bit most most of the time. I'd say I don't know. They're partners, so they like feed off each other and they get that good vibe thing going. And I'm the shitty one of the group, but I'm I have three handicap so. Yeah. No, no love, eh, Mac? All, all those tournaments, you know. You just said I was a spectator at the Canadian AM, eh? To be fair, I, I did know that you guys were good players. So I was just trying to come up with something that was uh, different than what I've seen. I knew, I actually knew Gibber. Uh, you had a pretty far, Gibber. Pounds it. Pounds yeah. It, yeah. You know, I saw his move and I'm like, oh, he gets out there pretty good. So I, I called him a powder puff just because I thought <laughs> I like it. Yeah, the glasses and everything. I'm like, you know, he's not going to be that long, but I know he does get out there. So. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's wearing the same sweater, actually, that he wore on your birthday. He hasn't taken it off. You need, hey. to do, need more pods because you guys are too good at golf. You need to be uh, grinding on the pods and uh, playing more. No, that, that actually brings <laughs> me to my next point. You like mentioned you're trying to be nice. You're like, oh, I know you guys can play a little bit of golf or something like that. But people don't understand the difference between like a, a guy that can like that enjoys golf and is good at it and a PGA Tour player. So like, let's take Wingfoot for example, or like uh, let's say a really tough track. How many shots would you have to give us if we played scramble against you? Do you think? Like, what would you feel comfortable at? So that that's the that's the thing. Let's like, say better ball because like really good players don't play scramble either. Yeah, yeah. So, like tough. I know, I know a lot of my buddies who would play off you know say near scratch, and if I played them on a golf course that was you know a seventy one rating and a one twenty five slope that didn't have a lot of trouble, greens were flat, slow, they'd be able to. I wouldn't say not not hang with me, but they they would keep that closer. That gap wouldn't be as yeah. big, right? Because say I go up there, play average, shoot sixty four. Well, they might be able to shoot sixty eight or sixty nine, mm-hmm. right? But now let's go play Memorial on Sunday and let's play in firm conditions. My body's now going to shoot ninety, and I'm going to shoot seventy two or seventy one, yeah. and that gap can be huge. Um, True, and I legitimately think like a scratch golfer that played Memorial um, on Sunday would have a hard time breaking ninety. Yeah, it was wow. it was that difficult. It was that long? It was windy. Um, it was just again, and maybe if they had had uh, a round or two to experience what that was like, but an amateur never never really plays a golf course like that, so landing a, a wedge uh, on the front edge of the green to a back pin would be foreign. 
right? So they would, you know, fly one in the middle of the green, bounce over the back, make double. And you'd be like, oh, wow, I just played the hole pretty good and I just made six. And so I think that's that's where it gets um, a bit trickier. So let's, let's say we're playing wing foot. You guys are playing better ball. Um, I definitely think you guys are going to be able to play bogey golf. Um, you guys are going to throw in some bars. Um with three of you guys playing. I think that uh, if I gave you guys like four aside, three aside. Okay. So, so like the difference wow. is insane is what you're saying. Yeah. And like, like I'm not, you're not trying yeah. to break for yourself. I get that. But like, that's the, that's the, the, yeah. the, the dispersion, let's say between the discrepancy between like someone that can play golf and someone that plays golf for a living on the PGA tour. I think a good analogy would be like, you know, you guys playing your golf courses versus ours would be like, you know, driving down a, a road with a, a school on it and the speed limit is 25 versus going on a NASCAR track with the, with the, you know, track with the location going 200 miles an hour. Um, <laughs> yeah. Got I'm pretty sure it, those games. Yeah. Though. Yeah. And, and I think another a good comparison too is like, so like Rick's like all, all your buddies that play hockey, right? When we, we show up, we can all hang, we play pickup, right? Yeah. Pickup's non-contact. We're all half decent hockey players. We're from Canada non-contact the moment you play in under professional like you know full full speed full contact it's different like when i go play with my buddy parksy you know i can you know i can take it away from him but the moment he can catch me coming across the middle with my head down yeah that good night jim kite like see you later. Like, it's, it's like <laughs> hockey is like very subjective because the better the players they can make you look good on the ice because they give you space golf like you're just literally by yourself and unless they tell you where to yeah. miss it on the green like you're making those decisions yeah. for yourself and you look pretty stupid yeah if i'm playing say memorial with you or wingfoot and i give you nothing like if i don't tell you anything if i don't tell you anything about the golf course um where to miss it anything like that um your job is uh next to impossible um <laughs> So, yeah. so, so like, to be honest, you know, you hear it all the time and, and you, you know, I think actually, I think it was like John Rom or Ian Poulter. They, they talked about that after Memorial, like, you know, what would a, you know, a scratch golfer shoot out there? What would they, you know, shoot if there was four of them in a scramble or something, yeah. something along those lines? And uh, I don't know if they were saying like they wouldn't break par, they wouldn't break 80. I don't know what it was, but um, it would be curious to, to, to kind of do one of those experiments one time. I know they did it uh, a long time ago, I think at Torrey Pines, maybe for the U S open. Um, but like, you know, Sunday after Memorial, they were tearing the golf course up. So let's just like send out like a few different segments of golfers and kind of see what they would shoot, but like play tips, leave the Sunday pins, don't cut the rough. Yeah. And like let's play everything out. Like no, no. Okay. Pick it up. Like that's your, you know, eight, you know, let's like have someone, you know, putt out for like 15s and, oh. I can do that. All that. I would have to bring uh, two lunches, and I would never play the game again. <laughs> so, so, so here, here's my thought: if 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 we were to play at Wingfoot under those conditions, three man better ball, I think our I think the three of us we shoot eighty two. Okay. So, and here's my rationale: we are leaning hard on Simo. Me and Ricks, we're like we're really leading on Simo. Simo hits a lot of fairways. Me and Ricks, not yeah. so much. So you got to look, you know, any given day. Really, I, might, I really do think as a, as a better ball, you know, you guys are going to be able to make, you know, at least seven, eight pars. Um, and on a par three, you know, there's a par three at Wingfoot, uh, number seven. It's like 165 yards. It's got a small green, but like, you know, one you guys, that's a good shot. And he rolls in the putt. 
you know, there, there might be a birdie or two to be had. Um, but, you know, okay, now all three of you guys missed the fairway. And, like, now now what's the damage control? Like, just, you know, one of you guys got to find a way to make a, a bogey. Dude, um, we're getting Dublé yeah. out there now. Oh, yeah. There, there is doubles on that card for but sure. With better ball, I mean, you're probably not going to be counting double, I, I would imagine. Um, maybe, 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 maybe a couple. Maybe a couple. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. I'm surprised you're mentioning Memorial over the Honda. Like, wasn't the Honda playing tougher on Sunday than it was at Memorial? Like, yeah. Actually, well, I don't know what the stroke averages ended up being. Um, Memorial's winning score was lower, but like on the weekend, Saturday, Sunday, like the golf course just became like yeah. an absolute. So we started out Thursday, Friday, not being like like too bad, and then uh, Saturday, Sunday just became like a brick. Uh, the Honda is maybe a more intimidating golf course. Um, so again, same experiment. Well, and the best part about the Honda is that it doesn't change whether there's a tournament there or not. Like the Honda, the golf course is the same. Like they didn't even have rough that week when I played, wow. you know, in five hundred. So um, that golf course is more of a, a mental test to me. Like it still requires you to hit a lot of great shots, but it's more of a, you know, can you overcome what this hole looks like? You know, so like you're on the bear trap and every hole's got water down the right and shorts and, you know, can you stand up there and hit a shot without thinking about the consequence of hitting one in the water? Um, so, uh, I, you know what, I think the 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 ceiling on, on the, the Honda or on the PJ National is a lot higher. Um, but I think your, your good score is probably going to be about the same. But, yeah, you could probably shoot a, a lot higher number at the, at the Honda Classic uh, golf course there. Um, just – there's big numbers on every swing, every swing you make out there. If you're on your own ball, uh, it could get ugly pretty quickly. <laughs> so here's what we're going to do. When COVID breaks, this is our content piece. The three of us were coming down to play. Even if it's a Harbor town's closer to you are, you're taking us out to Harbor town or Gus. We'll if take, you can we'll take us out there. We'll give her, come on. So you're giving us five aside. So I, I said we, we could probably, I was thinking 82. Uh, that's 12 over par at wing foot. Presuming you shoot probably anywhere you're going to be. Yeah, so if we go somewhere where it's not, like, again, if we're not at a, at a difficult golf course, I would say that you guys get less shots. Like, yeah, you guys, I think so. <laughs> well, you know, you know what's a really yeah. Guys, I'm trying like, to make it funny here. I'm negotiating. You know, Winkford is one of those where, you know, it's the exception, uh, and, it's, and it's obviously, like, really, really hard. But there's, there's courses where, you know, if we went and played, you know, you guys are going to get around fine. Like Quail Hollow is a really difficult golf course during a tournament, but you know, when it's not being played for the tournament, greens are a bit slower. Um, there's some room out there to hit it. You guys would be, be fine. You guys hit it far enough and um, you know, there's room to play. So I would, I, I would be strategic in which course I picked as far as, uh, you know, <laughs> and, uh, the angles and the uh, percentages uh, go in my favor. And can we like maybe set a rule where like the amount of beers we get, maybe we get more shots. Like if once we get to like a 10 beer mark as a team, we get one more kind of thing. You guys can get like five beers in the, on the front oh, nine. No problem. Uh, I'd, be, I'd be willing to double the, uh, the amount of shots on the back for you. Love it. Love it. Ooh, all right. Yeah. We'll take that. You heard it here first. So if we drink five each on the front nine, we get 10 shots on the back. I'm not going to be feeling that good, for? but I can scrape in a bogey, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's move on. I want to talk about Lanto Griffin. Uh, oh, before you get into Lanto, we've been hinting at, we've been hinting at this, uh, hinting at this a couple times. We mentioned it on the podcast. It was brought up first by 
Taylor Pendrith, who's at U.S. Open, saw your your nine wood, put seven wood in the bag. So for you, like we want to hear it from the horse's mouth about the nine wood and what went into the decision to put that in the bag. So I started the week at Wingfoot with the seven wood uh, in my bag and. I was trying to hit some dots out of the rough and you kind of just, you're, you're playing the course and you're testing out different lies and you're like, okay, this is the worst box wide I can get. Can I get a seven wood on it? And really the lies that you're looking at are like, okay, it looks like a wedge lie. Can I get some sort of, some sort of lumber on it and get like 180, 190 down the fairway? And so I was trying that with seven wood and having no luck. Like the rough was so thick, um, so deep that, you know, these lies that I thought I could maybe get seven wood on, like they were going 10 feet in front of me going nowhere. And so I'm like, uh, what the heck? I heard some guys play nine wood at, at the PGA. So I'm like, I asked the pin guys, Hey, can you build me a nine wood just to kind of mess around with? And, and they said, sure. Yeah, no problem. And I go out there and like the first couple shots I hit, I'm like, this club's going in the back. Like it's, a, it's, a, it's a, oh, like, it was like, it was like hitting a machete uh, like through this nasty jungle hair and having the ball come out like, like absolute butter like it was like like a butter rocket machete coming out of there um wow. never i've never experienced anything like that because i've hit seven wood out of like thick rock before and it's been really good but nine wood was like double i mean it was twice as good i mean it was not even close wow. uh Put me in like the grossest, gnarliest lies that you're like, oh my god, like, that's just a chip out. And I hit it like 180 yards down the fairway. It was absolutely insane. And like, Pendy can attest a couple of shots I hit like practice round, and uh, I didn't play it in the tournament, but Adam and Corey could attest to it. But I had some shots in the tournament that were just like absolutely filthy and not possible with any other club. Like, wow. absolutely like, like a wedge out. Or trying to hit like a long iron and hitting it ten feet in front of me, like just no chance. Like, uh, so yeah, the, the nine wood, like I never hit it off the fairway uh, once. It was strictly a utility club for like being in the rough and trying to advance the ball as far as I could. And um, I would hundred percent do it in a, heart, in a heartbeat again, no question. Uh, uh, do, you, do you still have it with you? Oh, I have it. I have it. It is glorious. We need a pick <laughs> You're looking at it, and there's just so much face looking up at you. <laughs> Do like you know whose signature this is? No, I have no idea. Randy Jackson from American Idol. Around the face. <laughs> almost, it's like there's almost more face, uh, club face looking up at you than there actually is like top of the club. It just, it's oh. just, it looks like a spatula, <laughs> and, and with a little meat on the back of it. Oh my gosh. Uh, until you hit you can't knock it i swear i had pendy hitting it and uh and then like, i mean he loved his seven wood so much i can only imagine what he would have done with my nine wood so uh i definitely made a believer out of those guys i know they were they were kind of uh making fun of me but uh it was uh, a game changer no hey whatever works man like that's amazing yeah. like pendy said that when he tossed a seven wood and he goes it was it was game changing for that week oh yeah yeah uh, so i uh, i feel like i you know We'll take some credit for uh, his success that week because <laughs> sure, yeah, honestly, at first, at first he was trying to uh, he was hitting his hybrid and some long irons out of the rough and like hitting it like nowhere, like having no success at all. And uh, he's watching me pop these nine woods out like on the green and up by the green. Right. He's like, "What kind of clothes that? That's my wood." I'm like, "No, it's a nine wood." <laughs> 
I'm like a nine wood buddy. Like you're not even close. The thing is got like 20,000 degrees of lock on it. Um, and, uh, no, he was, so he was like, Oh, I got to try a seven wood. And, uh, he put it in the bag and you know, it was never coming out. So that's awesome. And we've all, we've took all our shots at Mac already, but not to his face. So we'll (laughs) leave that at that. I, I love the, (laughs) I love the nine wood. You, you can fire shots all day at nine wood. Nine wood, uh, nine wood it fires doesn't back. Care. Doesn't care what they use. Nine wood. Did you hit it up? One hey. question: Did you warm up with it on the range? Did you bust it out on the range? So I would actually go over to the chipping area, and it was kind of next to the range, and I would put some balls and some shitty ass lies, and just try and knock them on the range, see how far I hit them. And nice. It was just kind of a good way to like test out, you know, different lies and see how they're coming out. But I swear there were some lies that. Because my caddy knew how good it was right away, but there were still some lies where he was like, "Ah, I'm just not quite sure you can get the nine wood on it." Like it, you know, I, I love you know trying to be aggressive, but I'm just not quite sure. And I'd hit it, and he'd be like, "Holy crap!" Like, that's like, <laughs> like it's, it's like it's like cheating, honestly. And did you name it? Uh, there's no name for. Um, she makes it. She makes it back in the bag for another uh, tournament here soon. Maybe I'll have to give her a name. Um, but All she, right. She's she's a good girl. She's, she's uh, beauty. Yeah. How do you find your ball? Do you have spotters everywhere? Like, would we be able to like play a regular round there, or how does it? So if you guys are playing a regular round um, with no spotters, you would lose uh, a handful of balls easy. Yeah, okay. uh, <laughs> I lose a handful of balls on a good day. All right. <laughs> that was awfully generous of you. Now, granted, so you hit the fairway and it rolls into the rough. Like I was just not going very far, but there were so many balls where I had to be literally on top of it to see it. Like you oh, weren't wow. seeing it from like two feet away. You would see it from like looking directly down on it. Um, so yeah, we had spotters, which you had to have. I mean, we would have been out there. I still would have been out there actually playing. So um, gotcha. yeah, definitely had to have the spotters and um, yeah, it was, uh, but there was still, there was still, I think a few lost balls that week. I think uh, actually I think Harris English, Last day, lost one off the first hole, which is a huge gut punch. Yeah, cool. yeah. Went, went, went a little left of the fairway and get up there. And like, oh, we don't have it. Sorry, buddy. You have to go back to the tee. Right to the nuts. There is nothing worse in golf than having to walk back to the, the tee, especially on the first hole. I think the first tee might, it takes the cake. Like, I've, I've been there. Yeah, how many times have there. you been there? <laughs> yeah, but, like, sometimes, only one bad time. Only one bad time. Sometimes you might do that, though, and actually, like, hit another ball just to be safe so you like don't want to come back to like the first tee where other guys are teeing off still you know like that that to me is way better than like the come like coming back to tee like if you have to re-tee hit one just in case you know like, oh it might be lost i'll hit another one just in case like at least if you go up there you have another ball in play but the like going up there not knowing and then coming back oh yeah brutal sorry for the wink yeah, from, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we call, we, we call they, they, they re-announce you when you come back you know i don't know <laughs> Now, now on the team playing his third shot, shot. Playing his third shot, Mackenzie Hughes, <laughs> a loser. Little hot tips. You guys can take your bets off the table now. He's definitely not going to win. Oh. Okay. We, we, we call it the practice provisional off the first tee. If, if yeah. it's remotely close, I'm putting one in the ground, and we got to get one off the face. That's right. Uh, <laughs> so let's talk about the second most important thing compared to a nine wood is our your partner Lantel Griffin. Uh, when did that relationship build? Maybe like just quickly talk about what kind of guy he is because he seems like he's awesome. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's a great dude, and that that partnership formed um, with CJ Cup 
And so we were kind of what two months out from playing in the in the QBE, and a lot of those teams, like you know the Coochers and the Englishes and the Bubba Louis, like they come into the event kind of preformed. You know that they're already together, so they sign up as a as a you know we're here to integrate as a team type deal. Um, so you know you get those guys that come in uh, as as a pair. And so I didn't have a, t- a teammate. He didn't have a teammate. And at the CJ Cup, he's like, hey, do you want to play QB together? And I was like, yeah, sure. Like, I have no partner. Um, I'd asked a few guys prior to that, um, got turned down. Uh, so I was in the corner by myself. Who turned, uh, you, to, who turned yeah. you down? That's a hard tiger. So, <laughs> I, I asked um, – who did I ask? I know I asked – I asked Dung Jay uh, to play through Alvin – and um, I think he was waiting to potentially get a pairing with Sergio, but I don't think Sergio got in the tournament. <clears throat> so then he actually, I think he ended up coming back to like ask me if I had a partner after that. And I'm like, yeah, sorry, I got a partner now. And he's like, oh, darn it. Like he was like, kind of like thinking, oh, my, I blew my, blew my chance. Or, uh, so he ended up going to play, he went to play Dubai anyways, Sungjae, because I mean, why wouldn't you travel 4,000 miles around the world anyways, you know? <laughs> nicer hotels there <laughs> so he decided to go to Dubai um, and take it easy there to kind of chill and um, yeah so I, at that point I, I I get asked one other person I can't remember who but um, so Lonto and I end up playing and uh, are being partners and you know he's, he's a great guy who has a great story I don't know um, you know he lost his dad at a young age to cancer um, he's a you know really big family guy um, from, from Virginia. So he, um, yeah, he's had, he's had a cool kind of story. He's, you know, done something similar to me where he's come up through a bunch of different mini tours and, uh, made his way through the corn ferry a couple of times. I know he lost his car the first year he played on tour. So, but just a really kind of down to earth guy, uh, really appreciates where he's at and his sarcasm is like next level. Like, he might have the most sarcasm. Like his wow. next next to you, his, of course. His, his, his sarcasm, yeah, say. his sarcasm threshold is so high. Like we were, so funny story. We were uh, um, going on a shuttle ride from like one hole to the next, and this is like the first round, maybe. And he's talking to this older lady who's a snowbird down in uh, down Florida, and they're talking about like. Oh, like, you know, where are you from and all that? And she said, Oh, I, you know, come down here in the winter and they like, all, oh, it's been a bit tougher with everything going on. And he's like, Oh, what, what's been going on? You know, oh, there's been a COVID pandemic. And he's like, Oh, that, that's, that's, that's cool. And like, like, oh, didn't like, didn't like, you know, kind of didn't break, you know, tone at all. It was like, oh, oh, that's interesting. Like, that's good to know. <laughs> and, uh, like his sarcasm, I, I was, I was in the back of the car listening to this. I'm like, Oh my God. Like he, I, I, mean, I I knew where he was going right away and like his tone, but like you have to be around him a while to kind of really appreciate how how <laughs> level his sarcasm is. It's uh, yeah, it's awesome, and obviously you can play. You guys gelled well. Uh, I finished with a T two last week, or sorry, yeah, this comes out only two weeks ago, but yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Like the format, we were kind of joking the first day. We'd love to just play a scramble every day because the scramble is just. I mean, so team nice. vibes I are mean, higher, right? Like a little less stress. Oh, yeah, we're making tons of birdies, and you know, 
guys can kind of make mistakes and, you know, you can cover them up or, you know, vice versa. And we were kind of, uh, like he was, he was going first, um, the first day. I remember he was like teeing off first. He would, uh, putt first, all that stuff. And so like, you know, if he had a good drive, um, he's a pretty long player. So like, I, I, I'm like, I don't even know. I don't even need to, need to hit really, but I'll <laughs> out there. Um, but then a few times, like actually we're on the very first tee. It's funny. And, we had a lot of good laughs, but he were playing scramble on the first day, you know, and it's kind of typical Florida golf, right? Like fairway and kind of like kind of jungly swampy areas. And so the first day he like snipes one lap on the first hole, like very first tee shot. And I'm like, kind of putting a little heat on me right away. And I'm like, so I go out and make a good tee shot and like get up there and his ball's like in this like kind of tree slash wetland area. And like, it's not really playable. And, uh, but obviously you just pick the ball up and go in the fairway and, you know, go from there. Um, and a few times, uh, I put him in some, some tough spots in the alternate shot. Um, hit a terrible shot into 18 on Saturday, uh, playing alternate shot and he bailed me out in a great bunker shots. And so it's it just, it's fun, uh, with the different formats, like the modified alternate shot is, so much better than regular alternate shot. Yeah. <laughs> thank, thank God. You're yeah. for guys think it. <laughs> they're not like at all uh having having two balls to shoot them like you know off tee i mean i can't tell you how many times we would have been absolutely boned if we were playing uh you know first tee, first ball off the tee so uh no it was, it was a lot of fun uh he's a great dude we had a lot of fun and then we kind of made a nice run there at the end to, to snag a t2 we were really done for that solo second but uh yeah t2 was was a nice way to go into the holidays yeah, awesome do you guys have a quick nine questions Prepared call, Weber. Yeah. I don't have anything written down, but uh, well, I always got well, questions. Yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, nice work, we'll do nine quick. We'll do, <laughs> just pull the jazz flute. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do nine quick questions, then we'll wrap things up. We won't take too much more of your time. But uh, Gibber, you want to start us off with the first three? Simo next three, and then I'll do seven three yeah. nine. Yeah. So keeping on the modified alternate shot um if you got to play with any three of us alternate shot who are you playing with and what's your strategy um playing with Timo, um alternate shot i uh i want someone in the fairway a lot i think if, that's basically the big thing is you want someone that's just going to put you out there in a good spot and from there you know it takes away the big numbers but if you got a guy in alternate shot that's uh all over the lot um it's gonna be a long day so if we're going to email. Uh, I wouldn't want a PGA right. Tour pro that didn't trust his game and modified anyway. All right, question, uh, hole two here. Uh, so obviously this week, PNC Father-Son Challenge, uh, 10 years uh, down the road, uh, you're going to be lacing them up there. Uh, well, I'm not sure if you guys know the uh, qualifications for that tournament, but I... Major I champion, right? Definitely uh, plan to be qualified for that, but uh, yes, you do need to have a major championship uh, on your I'm resume, sure so... Neither did I. That's pretty bad. Yeah. So it's uh, it's a stout stout field, and um, I hope to be part of it one day, but um, that'd be really cool. I mean, I obviously see the, the stuff going on this week, and I think... Is Tiger playing with Charlie? I, don't, I never... It, I, I See, this is the sarcastic thing. I don't know if he's wrong. Give her, you, give her stole the farm on that. Laura <laughs> uh, Gibber was just like that that fist that caught the same book like 10 times in a row. Lato Griffin's listening somewhere. Give me a fist pump for that one. He's very proud. Very proud. But, um, 
yeah, so you know, seeing what's going on there this week uh, looks fun. And yeah, I'd love to be part of it one day. Oh, awesome. And that's All right. right. Whole, whole okay. three. Whole three. We're on Christmas theme. Christmas Christmas theme question here. Is it Mike Mason? Are you guys uh, big elf on the shelf people? Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Try to say Christmas uh, theme. That's it. Just get it. Oh, I'm good enough. It's Christmas theme. Okay. <laughs> it's a tough one. It is, it is very tough. Very tough. Um, that was funny. But uh, yeah, so what was the question? I, I, are, are you guys rocking the elf on the shelf? Uh, we are doing the elf on the shelf. My son uh, eats it up, he loves it. Um, had a few pretty creative ones, my wife's done. Um, but yeah, it, it's a fun uh, I've seen the stuff they've got online with you know, uh, Leon T and Speed on a Wreath, all that stuff. He was uh, on the booze, Mac on a shack. Um, the uh, no, the um, the Patrick Reed one was pretty good. Um, we were all seeing it by now. Um, uh, but there, there's been some funny ones, uh, knob on a claw. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're doing the off on the shelf, and uh, my son gets a good pick out of it. Well, awesome. See, Mo, uh, you got to rate your rate your turkey game one to ten. I'm gonna say I'm uh, well, I'm not cooking a turkey, so uh, I, I don't cook. My wife is a plus seven plus eight wow just high level cook. she's very 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 good so uh, i i don't touch that um i will carve and uh, we have like an electric carver which is uh cheat code it's just cheating but uh it's a great way to cheat if you're gonna cheat so uh i'm a, I'm a good carver and uh i don't cook so i'm gonna say uh i'm pretty strong uh I can't burn it. I don't cook it, so I don't can't burn it. Can't fuck it up there. And then, uh, yeah, I'll carve carve it up. Love it. All right. Question two, just because you mentioned uh, your wife's such a good cook, what's what's the favorite meal that she uh, whips up? Um, she makes a great chili. Uh, I like her chili. So like, this is pretty prime time of the year for you know make a bunch of chili and you know sit down, watch some football, have some chili. That's uh, sounds like a pretty great afternoon. Um. What else? Uh, the answer is everything, Mac. Yeah, I, I, everything. I'm trying, yeah, I'm trying to eliminate something, but uh, everything uh, she makes is, is really good. So uh, I can count on one hand the number of meals that I haven't liked that she's made. Uh, she made. So um, yeah, but uh, and I usually let her know right away. I'm like this. Nah, let's not do this again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she, and usually she's on the same page uh like she'll make something new that she hasn't tried before and she's like yeah i don't i'm not really a fan i'll be like all right you said it first but yeah it's not that good <laughs> uh, so, your husband uh, as as, coming here you're dressed usually, like a hobo <laughs> usually uh if she dresses uh, or, or addresses it first then uh, that's my kind of you know safe runway to to also plow into it and say it's no good love it and then uh whole whole six or sorry go ahead Mac. whole six yeah whole yeah, six go. um other than augusta what's the one course you're looking forward to uh to get into this coming season i'm gonna say the british uh so i think it's uh royal st george's uh next year sure. staying on the same course and i'm just excited for like i love Lynx golf i think it's I wish you played it more. It's so great. Uh, I love just the options around the greens, the the way that the golf course changed from day to day. Uh, 
Yeah. And I hope that to be honest, I want kind of like how you want the masters to be like 75 and sunny and pretty calm. You want the British open to be like, you know, sunny baked out a little bit windy. Like we want it windy, but you want it just, you want it just like concrete hard. Yeah. You know, like to me, I want the ball to be rolling like 80 yards in the fairway. You know, like to me that, that becomes fun because it's like a lot of strategy is like, you know, where a ball is going to land and roll to and trying to keep out of the bunkers uh, around the greens becomes, you know, fun to play different shots. If it's like soft and the ball is like kind of hitting and plugging and you can play it through the air. I don't like that as much. I like to play on the ground whenever possible. So um, yeah, so we'll see. Uh, I think when it's firm and fast like that, it, it makes it harder uh, and, and it requires more imagination and, and totally. thinking. So That'd be uh, up my alley. Love it. Awesome. Hole seven, uh, one shot Lanto Griffin cannot hit that you found out. Um, <laughs> well, one shot that nobody can hit is a wide, high, soft, nipping wedge off of like tight, wet Bermuda into the grain. Okay. Um, we both had that shot a few times and we're like, putter? Like, yeah, sure. That sounds good. <laughs> Uh, Nighthawk, the nine wood. The night, uh, yeah. He yeah. named it. He named it. Um, but uh, yeah, there's uh, there a few times where we were like between pitching and putting. And, um, you know, I, I stand by the fact that, you know, your worst putt is far better than your worst chip. Uh, the pitch gives you a better chance probably to, to make it or get it close. But uh, nine times out of 10, the putt is just uh, going to gonna put you in a better spot. So, um yeah it's uh maybe one small weakness that he has but uh his game is really solid hits it a mile and um puts the odds off it, too so nice that he, means you want to play with him again at some point you want that solo win <laughs> I, want that, I want that bargain back <laughs> uh have you had a chance to hole eight have you had a chance to hit the new ping equipment the 425 and what do you think so far if you have I have hit it. Um, it's it's really good. the The driver took me a bit longer to get into uh, to get it fit properly and, and getting the right uh, the right setup for me. But the woods are really nice. Um, you know, launch great launch on them. They um, low spin have a nice feel to them. And then uh, yeah, but the driver's been uh, been great just a tiny bit lower spin. I'm playing the LST uh, G425 driver and yeah, it's low spin. Uh, and just, it's been awesome. I played it all last week for the first time in competition. It was great. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm fully, I'm fully into the 425 stuff now. And um, yeah, it's great. And you still don't really care about equipment too much other than it, that it works and it's nice looking. Pretty much. Like, ask me what shaft to have in my clubs. I gosh, you. you can end it right there on my ninth hole nine. Um, yeah. Actually, oh yeah, sorry. Before we started hitting record, you showed showed us the four golden putters. You got the center shaft, Mac Hughes specials. Um, yeah. Can you just yeah. list off the four things that those are for again? We didn't quite get it the first time. Yeah. So the first two putters I received um, were in 2014. So I got them on the web. Uh, coming off my year in Canada. So I got one for uh, winning the Cape Breton Call the Classic uh, PJ Tour Canada. And I got one for winning the Order of Merit that year in 2013. And then the second one I got was for the 2016 uh, Price Cutter Charity Championship in uh, Springfield, Missouri. 
And then uh, a few months later, I got one for um, the RSM. So I, I kind of caught them in bunches. So the next one I get, you know, there'll be one followed after that shortly after. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, they're, 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 they're pretty awesome. Uh, you know, items to have in your house, uh, kind of keepsakes to remind you of uh, those, of those wins and achievements and, mm-hmm. It's kind of cool that Ping's done that for so long in their tradition of of, uh, of giving out those gold putters. Uh, so to be a part of that, to have my my Ping putters in the in the vaults uh, at Ping's factory there, uh, it's pretty cool. So sweet. Hopefully, be able to add that collection and uh, and fill up that wall. Yeah, it's something especially like well, you're during your career, you're probably like right and even in the middle of it right now. Um, you don't appreciate as much, but like as you get yeah, towards the later end, like having that memorabilia, we saw the U.S. Open, the Masters flag. Uh, that stuff really comes in handy to have kicking around the man cave. Yeah. Yeah. And just like, you know, and I don't know at what point, you know, you stop playing, but then, you know, you get older and, you know, maybe Kenton wants to hang my putters in his, in his house somewhere, or, you know, he wants to keep, keep those around and you, you pass them down. They're just kind of cool to have, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty neat. And like I said, hopefully be, uh, having a, a big shelf with them, maybe a gold jacket too. And I meant, <laughs> Green jacket, gold jacket. I also, meant, I also meant the beginning of like when he started playing golf till now, not the career portion, just, <laughs> just to clear that up. I'm like 15 years. That makes sense. I'm just overlapping it quickly. Maybe more 20 years. Yeah. That's it. Awesome. Yeah. Do you guys have anything else so we can let him go here? I'm all set. No, I think we let, we let him go. He's, he's a father of two and I'm sure he's got some, some uh, diapers to change now. I do. I do. Uh, <laughs> We're in a we're in a very diaper heavy phase right now. As you know, Gibber, um, you just you can't have enough diapers. And the 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 worst part right now is like, you know, you put the diaper on and you get them all bundled up, and then you know you just start holding them, and then they just rip rip from right in the arm, and you're just like, just got you dialed in here. You're kind of winding down, and then boom, just boom, <laughs> in, your, in your arm, but. Uh, yeah, so uh, other than that, it's been going pretty, pretty smoothly. And, uh, yeah, we'll uh, have to get a match uh, here soon, boys, and uh, I can add to the diaper fund uh, that we got yeah, going. Yeah, Matt, thanks Beautiful. so much for taking the time. Uh, thanks for your continued support of us. We really appreciate you jumping back on. Um, we wish you the best of luck in Hawaii because that will be coming out probably a couple of days after this release. So we didn't get to the Hawaii talk, but hopefully we'll get to – we, we took it up with the Masters talk, which makes uh, sense. Uh, we can't wait for the yeah. world to get back to normal so we could come, uh, one, watch you play. We could tri- triple or quadruple your gallery, depending on how many of the boys are out there. <laughs> and, uh, and, and we're looking really forward to playing with you one day as well. Yeah, sounds good, boys. We'll, uh, we'll have to get on a pod uh, sometime next year and uh, get a little update. Okay. Sounds good, Matt. Okay. Okay. Play well. Hey, see you, boys. That's it for today's interview with Mackenzie Hughes, everyone. Rick's another good one there. Mac's such a beauty. Always a pleasure to sit down with Mac. I can't wait to watch him uh, in the Hawaiian swing. Uh, he's gearing up for a really good year. It was really cool to hear uh, the the stuff about uh, the Tour Championship. Ended up finishing 14th ranked. Uh, I'm sure that was a nice pay, uh, paycheck at the end of the day. And I think we said it during the interview, but uh, if he listens back, congratulations, Mac, on your second He's got two boys buzzing around Team Canada's roster for the amateur squad. is going to be looking really good in about 15 to 20 years. Yeah. And uh, and we're cheering for them. And, he, and it was interesting to hear his, his take on the Masters because, I mean, he kind of is looking at this as, you know, the first time he's getting there because of the conditions that he played in before. 
you know what? Obviously, we're recording this on a different day. I completely forgot about the Masters talk, but that was a really interesting look. Um, and I hope he keeps us posted on how like his even practice rounds are going or how it's playing. I know they 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 talked about maybe shifting around some tee off boxes for for this one. I don't know if it's going to happen that quick because we had a November Masters, but uh, it'll be interesting to see how the course is playing from like the November what we watched on TV till uh, them gearing it up to April. That well, wouldn't be a get- bad call to make, eh? Hey, yeah, uh, well, I got the National Pro Shop. How can we help you? Yeah, I'd like to just walk on today. <laughs> you got, so you got time available at one? <laughs> but we get, awesome. we'll get some more take on that because uh, we'll kind of preview this. We will be having Chase, his uh, his caddy, on the podcast. So that'll be another interesting to talk to. Oh, that's right. That's the guy that really needs to gear up. Yes. Mac doesn't hit bad shots. Chase makes bad club choices. <laughs> exactly. That's um, what I always say about my golf game. <laughs> Same. Um, so let's talk simulator because I'm talking to the simulator king himself. Uh, you, uh, you're so square through the ball that it's like actually playing like a Tiger Woods video game. For me, it's not that cool. Um, but uh, I had some friends in town, and before we got locked down, we decided to have like a little sports day, hit the bowling lanes, uh, hit the sim. And nice. if you know my group of friends, we're not doing anything unless there's money on the line. So. Um, so we have like whatever, uh, team where we decide to do teams of two, cause we have more than four guys. You can't play, uh, simulator golf. I would say max four, maybe five. If you're like, you really do f- don't yeah, feel, max five. If you really don't feel like swinging it too often, like in just like more drinking beers, hanging out, that's fine. But we had more than that. So we had, I think we had six total. Um, so we decided to do teams of two closest to the whole, um, shootout. Gotcha. Except with me so far. So the teams of two, both guys are hitting two shots. Um, if you miss the green, it's auto 50 feet. If you hit the green, you add the scores and whoever has the lowest like a par three course, all, uh, just a random par threes. So winner chooses the next par three that they're going to take, um, $10 a shot to enter. Wow. Okay. How many holes? (laughs) We played for three hours, so I don't know how many it was. Okay. See more. I'm not, I'm not exaggerating when I say this an hour and a half in. I did. I I have not mishit one iron shot yet. Haven't mishit one iron shot. I'm down 180 bucks. That's tough. Can you <laughs> believe that? Like it just. I I mean maybe I wasn't hitting it close enough. Like I was hitting it decent. These are like 200 yard par three. Some of them, and just the way you're. We switch partners after every round, or we play three rounds. Switch partners, so you're allowed three holes. Um, I couldn't buy a win, man. I was just struggling, and then in the second half or like an hour to go, everyone gets this brilliant idea. Oh, let's play for 20 instead of 10 bucks a shot. Nice. So, Double up. so now, so now there's just like, I mean, beers are flowing. Side bets are everywhere. Like the, the table, you couldn't even tell what the main pot was anymore. Cause like these guys have bets over here. These guys have bets over here. And like some of these guys, like no offense to some of my buddies, they're not even golfers. They play like two times a year. This is like yeah. the first time this one club, like since like July. And they're throwing all this money down. And I, I was fortunate enough down the stretch. I hit enough clutched up shots. And my partners uh, bailed me out a couple of times that I, I scraped, scraped my way back. I think at one point I was down maybe 260. Got her back to like maybe down 80. No, you just need some and, adversity. You need to face adversity to rise to the occasion. I, I guess that's, yeah, I guess so. I'm like, what, I'm like that guy putting at, uh, at uh, Hazeltine. Um, <laughs> But um, it was it was a blast, and then like this just tells you how the night's going. Like at the end of the night, there's like three unclaimed bets on the table, like the side pots that people forgot they were playing or whatever. So they just like pulled the money together in one shot closest to the hole, and I took that. 
So oh, I you took that one? Yeah, and right. I there, there weren't my side bets because if I make a side bet, I'm, I'm either the guy's grabbing it or I'm taking it. You know what I mean? It's not going to sit on the table all night. Out of the six guys, are you are you the best player out of the six guys in the friend group? Yeah, yeah, out of the friend group that we have, I'm like the only one that always plays. I got a buddy that's like really good, but he like doesn't like golfing. That's the guy that like hits the first shot. Like I think yeah. I was just explaining to Mac, and he's like, "Fuck this, why don't even come?" That's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> but he's he's a good player, and then the other guys are all capable, all, like all athletes. But like, they, like there's a lot of greensmiths. Let's just say that. Yeah, but it's tough when you have that many guys and you're doing closest to the pin because like you could hit a good shot and then like they may hit one out of every four shots be good and then they beat you on that one, right? Yeah, the the formula every time is if you had both guys hit the green, that's like it was automatic, like almost automatically a win. Okay, so it's it's a combined closest to the pin. Yes. Oh, okay, that I didn't hear that. Yeah, yeah sorry. I tried to explain that right. I was too excited to tell the story. But yeah. uh, I worked my way from the depths, and uh, I was back, and I had enough money to bet on craps later that night. So it was, <laughs> it was a good holiday. Did you win on craps, or did you lose I did. I was like, yeah, I, I finished off ahead. Uh, I'm not much of a gambler. Like, I just, like, by association, I either, like, yeah. can't hang out with my friends, or I just try and gamble. So I set my limit at the start of the night with, like, my little, little cash allowance, and then uh, off I go. With with your friend group, what's your cash allowance? Thousand a night? Oh, I only I only brought a couple hundred, but uh, I do. <laughs> you were down two. You were in the hole at one point. <laughs> you, oh, had uh, yeah, like, you had to give away the cash. E transfers happen every time. Okay, yeah, I know that defeats the purpose of just bringing cash, but e transfers are happening all the time. <laughs> I I even like. Uh, I, can I tell a non golf related story? Yeah. So uh, we're betting on uh, football Sunday nighter. Uh, uh, fins against Raiders, and yep. uh, well, one of my buddies is down, whatever, in the day or whatever, and he uh, he's trying to make up for it, so he throws a Geno on the fins to win money line, so they just have to win outright without the spread. Yeah, and uh, we're watching him, like, kind of not stress out about it, he like kind of like likes gambling or whatever. So, uh, I'm like, well, let's like let's all make a bet on the fins here. They were down, like, whatever, after the first quarter, or something like that, and I'm a fins fan. Some, somewhat of a Vince fan. Um, so we end up like pooling all our money together and making this one massive bet on Bodog Sports. Thank you, Bodog. We love you. Um, and uh, so we have this thing riding on. And do you watch how that football game ended? I did. Okay, so like there's that pass interference call. They punch it in. The guy misses the extra point. And then like 19 seconds left on the clock, 80 yards needed to go. It's like maybe two plays. Um, and Fitz Magic Baby uh, throws along the sideline, gets the face mask at additional 15 uh, yards. Uh, safe to say my uh, my voice was a little bit sore from celebrating that night. No, especially that one throw. He had like a fish hooked his head sideways, <laughs> and he released it. And somehow they got yeah. the completion. That was an unbelievable so, game. So it was a huge night. Like the kids the kids buzzing. I wonder why I like the holiday so much. What was the combined um, bet in then? I want to say it was just short of maybe 2,400. I think it's American too on Bodog, so. Oh, nice. So nice payout. I think that's like everyone in the house. Yeah, everyone that was combined, but something yeah. around there. Nice. Love yeah. it. I, I I couldn't keep track with everything that was going on, but uh, it was it's good times. Man. That's why I enjoy the holidays so much. It sucks that like that's kind of over for us right now. Uh, we're in lockdown, so no more hanging out and, and doing those fun things. No more sim, no more hockey rinks, but hopefully things get back to normal and uh, at least we'll get a little bit of golf to watch and talk about coming up. Yeah, get some golf to watch in, what, 27 days, something like that. We get everything hopefully back to normal. We can get back to the sim, back to our lives, and move forward from there. Yeah, sorry. Ours is only a 14-day uh, lockdown here. Oh, ours is 28. Oh, you're feeling good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that. 14's cruising, baby. <laughs> That's yeah. 
we'll see. Uh, hopefully things get back to normal. Uh, anything else we need to clean up? Did I? Uh, I think I, I touched the points I wanted to touch on. Yeah, I think we did everything. Okay, that's it. Sucks not having Gibber, eh? I it feels know. like we talk way too much when we don't have Gibber. Well, it came into Gibber's contract when we uh, were doing contract stuff at the beginning of the podcast. Gibber required 16 weeks vacation. Uh, he didn't budge on it, so that's why Gibber's not here. He's just taking advantage of that. Yeah, I got you. I don't blame yeah. the guy. Uh, he's a, he's way busier than us, unfortunately. And your birthday's coming up. Happy birthday. Happy early you know birthday, Simo. Again, your birthday, it was your 30th birthday a while ago. This is my last podcast in my 20s, too. Thank you. Wow. Yeah, you you look good for twenty nine right now. You oh, look really good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I okay. Yeah. I just 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 clearing things up there. <laughs> um, and then uh, and then I hope everyone has a good New Year as well. I guess this is going to be coming out a day before or on the day. Day before, I think. Okay. Perfect. Everyone's. Uh, I mean, it's probably not doing much in in Canada, but everyone stay safe. Have some fun. Have we'll have a beer for you. Happy New Year. Thanks yeah. for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, hit that subscribe button and share this out with your friends. We'll be back next week. Until then, keep swinging.